This is the Southern Hills Church of God, and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope this inspires you and guides you and builds your faith. God bless and enjoy this message. Before we get to any of that, about something that every person deals with, and we, we tend to deal with this by tossing and turning at night, and it's the thought of, can I control tomorrow? Can I control tomorrow? And it's really interesting that I think the Lord birthed this in me for such a time as this because of everything in the political world that we see on TV and all of the tension and all the hatred and all those things and how we want to sometimes control what happens tomorrow. But in the end, there's only one person who can control tomorrow, and it's the one who made yesterday good. So we have to know that we don't have what it takes by ourselves. We don't. It's really easy to turn on the TV and worry about things that are happening around our world. It's really easy to get consumed in our everyday life that, that we um, fear, that we stress over things that we have no control of. And I'm telling you, you by yourself, you don't have what it takes. You don't have what it takes. I, 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 when I was younger, I used to make checklists. I love checklists. I'm a type A um, personality that likes to make checklists. And, and I, it seems like for me, at least, that my checklist at the end of the day is larger than when I began the day. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else is like that, but I get a lot done, but it seems like it just keeps adding and adding and adding. I'm a checklist person. And one of the things when I, when I was younger that I would make a, che- a checklist for is what do I want to do before my time on earth is done? And I'm reminded of this passage, and don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with trying to plan your ways, but Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9 tells us this right here. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but what? The Lord will establish their steps. What's that tell me? That I can try to do things my way all I want to, but in the end, the Lord's going to have what he wants to have. He's a sovereign God. You know, I went to high school in Loxley, Alabama, Robertsdale High School, played ball. Dad pastored the Loxley Church of God. My youth pastor, Rife, gave me an opportunity to preach on a Wednesday night. And it was one of those messages that I will never forget. And it wasn't because it was good. It was one of those ones that I will never forget because of how awful it was. But I'm, but I'm grateful for the opportunity that he gave me to speak. Later on in our tenure there, I went on a mission trip to um, Trinidad, and I really felt the call of God on my life. I really felt the Lord pushing me to ministry. I sensed him speaking to my heart. He was speaking to me about going into ministry to preach uh, the word, to win people to Christ who are far from him. And, And so I began to pray about that. And as a youth group, the Brownsville Revival was just a half an hour down the road. So we would get in the van. And every Friday night, Jensen Franklin was up there preaching. And we would go and listen to him preach. And I've told the story about when I'm sitting up in the balcony and he points literally up to the balcony and said there's a pastor's kid up there that's been called to preach but he's running from it I I knew God was talking about me so I, I I felt called to ministry right I felt this tug to go into ministry so I felt the call of God to go to Lee University because we all know if you want to preach you got to go to Lee right no you don't but 
I thought you did. So I went to Lee, and after a year, I decided to come back home, and I spent some time. I did an internship at the church, and all this to say, I went back to Lee after, after that year, and I felt like I needed an education degree. So I majored in math and science, and, and I got my degree, minor in the Bible, and, and when I graduated Lee, I immediate, immediately got a job as a math teacher at the Pleasant Grove Middle School taught sports, I taught year-round, but something was missing. There was a void in my heart, that is that itch that I just couldn't quite scratch. And I, 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 for all this time that I was teaching, I wondered what that itch was. I knew it wasn't ministry because we all know that teaching is a ministry, and if you're a teacher, you are called to teach. I knew it wasn't that. I said, God, what is it that I'm missing? And he told me as clear as day, you're not obeying what I called you to do. I called you to preach the word of God. Well, I didn't want to leave where I was. I was comfortable making a good paycheck, supporting my wife the best I could. You know, Aiden was born. Life was great. And all of a sudden, I felt this tug on my heart to leave where I was. I didn't understand why. I didn't want to leave. But there was a call of God in my life to go to Ohio. I was offered a job as a youth pastor there. I took a significant cut in pay to a place that we'd never been before. And we left and went to Ohio. And guess what? Even though it wasn't in my plans of things to do because the Lord made away from me, he blessed it. He blessed every minute of it. But we spent time there, and the Lord called us to leave and go somewhere else. And and then it ended up to where we were called right here to pastor this church. What am I trying to say? I'm saying that something was missing, and it was the fact that I had to obey God. I was trying to control what happens tomorrow. I was trying to control what happens next. And the whole time the Lord was speaking to me, you don't worry about what happens next. You just trust me, and I'll take care of what happens next. So my mistake in my mindset was entirely in my own mind. I thought I could control what happened. And I thought that if I had a checklist of things to do and things to don't do, that God had to honor my checklist. And I see laughing and smirking out there because we all know that's not true. We don't make a checklist and expect God to manage my checklist. He wants me to sign a blank covenant, a piece of paper that doesn't have anything on it and says, Chris, do you trust me? Because if you trust me, I will fill in the blanks. Which leads me to this first point that I wanted to share with you. We're going to go to um, the book of um, Genesis chapter 12. Achieving greatness sometimes requires you to leave. Now, for me, it was to leave where I was to a different location, to a different place. But leave isn't always tied to a place. Sometimes leave is attached to a mindset. Let let me explain this. To impact his kingdom. God wants to use your life for his honor and for his glory. Listen, in your tomorrow, there are some wonderful days ahead to impact the kingdom of God. And here's what you have to understand. Whenever God wants to use your life in a great way, he always says leave. 
Every single time he says leave something, sometimes leave is tied to this mindset. Sometimes we live in a land of grief. We live in a land of shame. We live in a land of doubt. We live in a a land of pain. And we have found it to be comfortable to just stay where we are. And God's saying that if you really want all that I have for you, sometimes you have to leave. If you have your Bibles, Genesis chapter 12. Starting in verse 1, it says, The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your home to the land. I will show you. I will make you to a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Now watch what happens next in verse 4. So Abram went. He obeyed. He simply obeyed as the Lord told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. Here's what you have to understand this morning. The life of faith is a life of leaving something else. The life of faith is always leaving something. God is always trying to get us to leave where we are, to take us where he wants to be. And leaving, like I said, isn't always a location, but it is sometimes this mindset. And maybe for you, it's something spiritual. Maybe spiritually you have felt stuck and the Lord is asking you to leave from that place where you're so complacent, to leave from that place where you are comfortable in being and saying step out of your comfort zone and see what I can do in your, in your life. We need to begin to grow spiritually. We need to get plugged in. God's speaking to some people to get plugged into ministries. Maybe it's to leave sitting inside this room and helping kids church. Maybe it's trying to sing on this praise team. Whatever it is, the Lord always want something from us what that is that's between you and God but sometimes to achieve that greatness that God wants you to have we have to leave from where we are to go to the place that God has for us maybe you used to go somewhere else and maybe your location maybe God moved you here what's the reason for that maybe there's a calling that God has on your life that he wants you to fulfill for some of you and this is a big one It's leaving the pain of your past. You've been hurt. You've been damaged emotionally. And God is speaking to your heart to leave from where you are. To leave your past and begin to embrace the wonderful tomorrow that God has for you. For some of you, it might be an issue of sin. And he's saying to leave. You're not obeying the Lord. And the Lord is speaking to your heart. And he's saying, listen, leave that life. Leave where you are so that you can embrace the abundant life that I have for you through my son. For some of you, it might be your comfort zone. Maybe you're comfortable. And you're okay just right where you are. And you don't need anything else. And you've been a Christian for years and you're comfortable. And I'm telling you, maybe you're not maximizing the potential that God has for your life. And what happens is this right here. The spiritual enemy, what he wants you to do is what he whispers in our ear. He says, hey, you can't do it. You can't do it. You're not good enough. You don't have what it takes. You're not smart enough too old, too young, whatever it may be. And I'm telling you, you know what? The enemy's right when he says we can't do it because we can't do it by ourselves. But through the power of the living God, the Holy Spirit working through us, we can do all things. Abraham left. 
Abraham obeyed the Lord. You see, there's a couple of reasons why people are afraid to leave where they are. Number one is this. People live by sight and not by faith. They live by sight. Abraham is called the father of faith. Why? Because he was willing to leave. He was willing to live by faith and not by what he saw. Watch this scripture. I want you to see what it says. In Genesis 12 verse 1, we go back and it says, the Lord said to Abram, leave your country, leave your people, leave your house. Now check this out. Very carefully it says next, and go to the land I will show you. In other words, Abraham had to leave and had no clue where he was going. He said, leave from where you are and I will show you where it is, meaning I've not told you yet. All you got to do is take a step. It's like the verse that he's a lamp unto my feet, he's a light unto my path. What's a lamp do? A lamp only lights up just the general area around you. A lamp is not going to light my path all the way from here to the end, end of the church. I have to take a step and continually taking a step. And every step that I take, it lights up that much more. That's what Abraham was asked to do. He said, I don't know where I'm going, but I trust you, God. I'm, I'm not worried about tomorrow. I'm not worried about the things around me. I'm not worried about the things of this world. I'm not worried about what could happen or what might happen or what should happen. All I'm concerned about is, God, you are in this and I trust you you see too many times we turn on the TV and we get upset and mad and we get mad at people our war and our battles are not against people but they are through principalities through spirits of darkness I'm not here to fight a president I'm not here to fight politics I'm here to serve a mighty God and let God do what he was called to do amen live people live by sight And not by faith, I love how Hebrews chapter 11 puts it. Hebrews 11 verse 8, it says, By faith Abraham, when called to go to a place, he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, watch, even though he did not know where he was going. He had no clue. But he went. He lived by faith, not by sight. You see, for many of us, we have to see it before we believe it. Chris, I want you to do this. Okay, God, I'd love to do it, but if you could just let me see just a little bit of it first and let me get comfortable, then I'll go do what you call me. No, that's not what he said. He said, when I speak, you do. It's as easy as that. You don't have to wait for miraculous writing on the wall. I can't tell you how many times, church, God has spoken to me. And I said, Lord, it would make it so much easier for me if you just write it in pen. Just when I'm sitting down reading your word, just take your hand and just write it across the wall so that I know that it's you. And that's not how the Lord works. He wants us to walk by faith and not by sight. Which Sometimes I have to walk with a blindfold on. But guess what? That's okay because I'm not worried about tomorrow because the one who controls the winds and the waves is control of my life. And if he can speak peace to a storm, then he can speak peace over me. He had no clue. But sometimes having faith requires stepping out on nothing but a word from God and trusting him for the results. Listen, the life of faith is not lived by people who have all the answers. The life of faith is lived by people who listen to the voice of God and then leave. They go to where God wants them to be. 
And again, all the spiritual enemy wants to do is tell you you can't do it. And he's right. We can't. But that's why we have him. And that's why he's given us his Holy Spirit. So he intercedes for the saints according to his will. So that he prays for us. So that he leads us. So that he guides us. There's another reason why people don't leave. They're scared to leave. And it's because people have a fear that they won't succeed. A fear to fail. Abraham had every reason, watch, to stay where he was. I want you to think about this. In the natural, this looked like he was going to fail from the very beginning. God said to Abraham, watch. I want you to leave your country, your people, your home, and I'm going to bless you and make you into a great nation. Abraham's 75 years old. He's an older man. His wife's an older lady, and her womb is barren. They don't have any children. Lord, where's this nation going to come from? This nation that you're supposed to bless, that you've promised me. Where's this nation supposed I mean, can you imagine what's going on through his mind? I mean, the logical response is this. Lord, if I go, we could fail. I might mess everything up. You want me to leave my home? You want me to leave my job? You want me to leave my comfort zone? You want me to leave where I'm comfortable, where, where my surroundings are? You want me to go? He said, yes, because I'm going to bless it. But never once did you hear Abraham complain about the situation. Not once did you hear him complain about how old he was. Not once did you hear him complain about how young he was. Not once did, you, did he say, well, I, if I had more of this, then I'd do this. No, he obeyed. It says that he went. He wasn't worried about the circumstances. Why? Because he trusted God. Abraham did not allow the fear to stop him from leaving where he was to go to where God wanted him to be. And some of you, you might be in that place today. God, I can't take that job. It's a cut and pay. God, I can't take the promotion. God, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't start that ministry. God, I can't lead that small group. God, I can't involve because you know that I was hurt last time. And so you have all these thoughts of why you can't do it because ultimately the reason why you say no to God is because you think you don't have it. And you don't. But with God, you do. There's another reason that people don't leave. People don't trust God. And it's obvious that Abraham trusted God. I mean, think about it. How many of you know that when somebody leaves where they are to do what God's called them to do, and they have no clue where they're going, and yet they still go, that's somebody who has a lot of trust. Too many times I hear God speaking. I want to use your life. I want to get the most out of you. I want to get out of you from where you are. And, and maybe it's this pain of living from the past. And God, I don't know about tomorrow. I can't. And he's saying, I want you to look around you. The economy's not going good, is it? He says, the market's crashing. Homes are more expensive. Gas prices keep going up. Meat have becomes a luxury. And we start naming all these things that might not look very good and might make the world look real grim and dark but I'm telling you there is a light that is coming and his name is Jesus Christ and there's nothing that I have to fear there's nothing that I have to worry about why because God is still in control what's he asking us to do trust me trust me and I simply want to remind you about the words of Jesus Matthew chapter 6 go there with me if you have your Bible Matthew chapter 6 verse number 25 
It's hot up here. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body or what you will wear is not life more than food and your body more than clothes. Let the Holy Spirit minister to you through these words right here. Again, the Bible says do not worry about your life. And there's a lot of people worrying right now. There's COVID going on. The, the vaccine, do I take it, do I don't? People are dying, money when he's getting tight and you're panicked and you're pulling out your hair and you're biting your nails and you're staying up way too late because you're worried about tomorrow. And the Lord is sitting there telling you, he's saying, look, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Don't worry. Why? That goes on to verse number 26. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Listen, are you not worth more than the birds of the sky? Goes on. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? As a matter of fact, science says it actually takes away from your life. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers and the fields grow? They do not labor or spend. Jesus says, listen, worrying doesn't solve anything. It goes on. Watch. For the pagans run after all these things. Sorry, it says, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Then watch this, you of little faith. You of little faith. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So there's the command. We're given something right there. How do we live a life where we don't worry about tomorrow? How do we live a life where we're not concerned about the things going on around us? How do we live a life worry-free? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Isn't God good? Come on, isn't God good? He'll take care of us. He'll provide. You can trust him. And here's the kicker. Trust me. Seek me. Trust me. Seek me. All throughout the Bible, those words have been spoken. There's the command for you and I. It's the only thing that we should be worried about right there. Do I trust God? Am I seeking after Him? But there's another point I want to bring to your attention. Number two. When God says leave... He always gives you a promise. If God ever asks you to leave a location or to even leave a mindset, He will always give you a promise. If there's no promise attached, it's human emotion. It's not God. 
listen to me. Go back to chapter 12, verse number 1. Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, your home, to the land I will show you. Right? There's the command. Where's the promise? Seven different promises come right after that verse. Watch. I want you to help me count them. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Seven promises after the command. It was a command given by God to his people, to Abraham, to leave where he was. And he knew that it was God because there was a promise attached to the command. He told him to leave. So when he heard the promises of God coming, when he heard that everything's going to be okay, when he saw that he was going to be blessed through what was going on around him, Abraham went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from here. And I want you to notice that comment right there. That wasn't Abraham speaking. That was just a writer making mention of how old he, he was. Never once did Abraham complain or say he has any limitation because of what, how, how he is or because of what's going on around him. He simply obeyed. That, that's it. That's it. So don't sit there. And tell me that you have to be a certain age to do this or a certain age to do that. God has called you. If there is breath inside your lungs, there is purpose for your life. He did not know where he was going. But yet he went anyway. As I bring this to somewhat of a close today. I want you to understand this. God always gives us incentives to leave where we are, to go where he wants us to be. And some of you, the reason that you haven't left, you fall into one of these two categories. You're either not aware of the promises of God or you have forgotten what God promised you. But there's always a promise attached. People get hurt. And a lot of times by church, Let's just be honest. And people never come back because they live in that land of pain. They live in the land of grief. They live in the land of, of regret. And God is saying, leave from where you are. Sometimes people, they don't want to leave because they like the attention that it brings them. Some people don't want to leave because they're afraid that they may fail. Sometimes people don't want to leave because they're just unsure if God will really come through. As a young man, I was hurt many a times due to bad relationships. One in particular, I thought she loved me. She was using me. I thought I was the man of her dreams when the whole time she dreamed of being somewhere else. I was hurt the day that she finally told me that it was over. That she never loved me. And for years I dealt with that pain and that hurt. For years I didn't think that any, anybody, even God, could love me anymore. And there came one painful day. And it was painful. 
when God asks me to leave my state of misery. And I left. And I gave my life back to God. And he sent me my angel. I'm telling you, your promises are awaiting you obeying what the Lord told you to do. Maybe for you, it's pain. Maybe for you, it's grief. Maybe it's shame. Maybe it's regret. Maybe it's hurt. Whatever it is that you've been dealing with, the Lord say, leave. Leave from where you are and go to the place that I have for you. And when you do, glorious riches and abundance of grace, love overflowing. And I could go on and on and on about the promises of God. And all it takes is simple obedience to leave from that land. For some of you, it may not be you. It may be a spouse. It may be a friend. It may be a child. And God wants you to stand in on their behalf. And right now as I pray, I want you to pray for that person. I want you to pray for you but I'm telling you right now there is no reason to worry about tomorrow there's no reason to worry about what happens next there's no reason to worry about what's going on on TV because at the end of the day the trumpet still will sound Jesus will still return and we those who know him will still meet him in the air there is nothing about that that is false there is nothing about that that is up for debate there is nothing about that that's my opinion versus yours. That is a fact that Jesus is coming back and Jesus is coming soon. And church, you better get ready. So don't worry about what you see on TV. Don't worry about the things that are going on around you. Just put your trust in God and let him take care of the rest. Do we understand it? Maybe not. We don't have to understand it. He's sovereign. Do I like it? I may not like what's going on. But in the end, the Bible says he's working for my good. Whatever the situation is, give it up to God. And let him worry about it. All hands bowed, all, all heads bowed, all eyes closed. You say, Pastor, that's me. I've been in this land for far too long. And I've heard you tell me to leave and I just haven't, I haven't done it. I haven't done what you've told me to do. And God, I'm ready to be free. I need freedom. I need peace of mind. I'm worried about everything. Everything is bothering me. I can't seem to get a grip on what's going on around me. And I'm so confused as to what things are. And I just need to let it go, God. I, I'm tired of, of trying to, to, to just feel this way. I'm tired of, I'm tired of, of the emotional wreck that I am. I'm tired of, of just 
all this misery. I'm tired of the pain. I'm tired of worrying about tomorrow. If that's you, would you raise your hand? There's one, two, three, four, five, six. Come on now. Seven. 